Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, y'all. Welcome back to Watch Less, Complex's podcast about television and film. As always, my name is Cal, Deputy Editor of Complex's Pop Culture Channel. Uh, through the coronavirus quarantine, we are still here. Fraser, Thumb- Fraser Tharp, the summer man, is on the line. Yes, sir. As is a, a special guest, Angel Diaz, Third Eye Diaz, making his return to the pod. What's, What's up, guys? What's going on, guys? <laughs> Chilling. <laughs> um, <laughs> this week, we're going to not just we're going to be looking at a lot of the uh, the new stuff that FX has been putting out, especially their uh, FX on Hulu shows. We'll catch up. I think it's been about mid-season for most of those. So we'll we'll look into those. We're going to look back at uh, a lot of the recent upcoming big films that have been delayed because of the theaters and the corona situation. Um, and we'll also be looking at some uh, Rona recommendations. I know a lot of us have been watching some interesting things. So we'll talk about that. But at first, there was news late last week hmm. that Dave... The FX show that Lil Dicky stars in is behind. Yikes. Uh, it's doing numbers. Apparently, it's it's averaging 4.8 million viewers per episode. God in the fi- In the five episodes it's had so far, they're saying it's on track to... Uh, it's, it's the second largest average audience for any season of an FX Network's comedy, which is one space behind... The first season of Atlanta, which was five point two million, um, they're probably if those numbers stay the same, they're probably going to kill that number, which it feels sad. Chops loves it though. I, I mean, how are we surprised about that? <laughs> well, Shout out, low management. Well, I mean, kind of because, like, you know, it's one of those shows where it seems like everybody's rocking with it, even though everybody doesn't really rock with Lil Dicky for whatever reason. Well, first, I mean, those numbers are like literally the same concept that you see in rap, which is where Lil Dicky, you know, blew up. And hey. anytime, anytime there's a, a white rapper, just regardless of skill or like uh, acclaim, the numbers like triple. Facts. So Facts. You're seeing but- that same sensation play out. But I don't know. I mean, personally, for me, a lot of people I respect um, and chops are telling me that they <laughs> fuck with the show. Uh, and I believe them. I believe that like Lil Dicky knows comedy. I believe he can write a, a compelling sitcom, but yeah. I don't want to fuck with it just off principle. Like I don't like <laughs> Lil Dicky and that's fine with me. I'm like, I'm dead off that show. Yeah. I, I think it was it, it, that week in March. It feels like it was so long ago, but that week it was like early March when they started unleashing all of the FX on Hulu shows. They did two episodes, and I, I forced myself to watch pretty much all of them. And I was like, it's not bad. It's definitely like, you know, when the pitch that uh, that the Glovers gave FX was a rapper, it, it, tw- Twin Peaks for rappers. They didn't really abide, but like, it's definitely turned into something totally different now that they got their foot in the door. This yeah, that was sh- like a Trojan horse. This show feels like the Trojan horse idea that they pitched them with, though. It, it's got a similar vibe, but it sticks more to that and doesn't go so abstract. It seems like it's like rapper. Uh, um, what was the not? What was the not entourage? Uh, How to make it in America? Yeah, because he's struggling. Yeah. He's struggling, right? I don't know, Angel. You gonna fuck with it? I haven't. Uh, I haven't really <laughs> tried to watch it. <laughs> is that uh, because is, that's because you don't rock with Lil Dicky? It's uh. Uh, that's a big part of it, but I, like Frazier too. Like I've seen people that I'm, I was surprised to see say that they like watched it and enjoyed it. Yeah. But I feel like I don't know. I live right. Like my life will go on. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> it, like I don't. I, I find it hard to believe that it's better than Atlanta, because um, Atlanta is such a special show. Yeah. But um, 
I'm just I'm not interested, man. Like I'm the, I, I never was interested in his uh in his like weird owl kind of Yankovic kind of stick or whatever. His content. Yeah, like I, I just not and you know, like I was telling uh I was talking to Fraser about this, I think it was like on Twitter or whatever, but like I use all my white plate coins on Ozark. So <laughs> I don't know if I'ma get into I think my, my white plate uh funds are depleted at the moment. Damn. <laughs> because of Ozark. Because of Ozark, because that's like the the white tri- that and Tiger King is like but what more <laughs> It's like, I feel like Tyrese, like, right? Like, what more do you want from me? Facts. <laughs> it's a lot. No, it's a lot. <laughs> now, mind you, Frazier hasn't even watched Tiger King yet. So, like, you know, he's uh, not even, he he's not gotten into the full gotta watch. That shit's just fuckery. You gotta watch that I am show. hardwired to go against any true crime Netflix documentary that yeah. the masses start talking about. But it's not, that. it's not boring, like, uh... To make a like murder, making a murder like that shit is pure. Fuck? That's just pure entertainment, dog. Like all six episodes. Well, no, no, but that's the key. It's seven episodes. Oh, but seven the, episodes. But at, it, it, it probably should have been like four or five. I think they could have shaved because, like, there's whole chunks of seven. I'm like, I literally just heard y'all say this <laughs> in episode six. Like, they could have shaved off some time and made it a little tighter. But yeah, I think for you, for, I don't think Fraser fucks with true crime. Did you even watch? The, the Meek Mill Amazon docuseries? No, yeah, absolutely I not. I don't, I, even if it's something that I think it would appeal to Frazier, it'd have to be like Martin Scorsese gets killed. You know, the one thing they'll get me, they'll get me on, especially now in quarantine, I might fuck with that I always was interested in. I might do the Jinx. I never did the Jinx. Oh, Jinx is Jinx. bugged out. Jinx starts out bugged out too. Let's get back to Dave. We haven't gone in on Dave enough. <laughs> How are we going to go in? We haven't even watched it. Well, I've seen. I've watched, it's all about the principle of not watching it. Cal, I, I've watched. I've Cal had, is 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 the is the uh, the hero among us. You watch a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, I I I just can't put up with. I'm going to go back into. I watched the first. Like I said, I was saying earlier. I watched the first two episodes. It's definite. It's not like one of the best. Did you laugh? TV. Uh, no, no, I I didn't laugh. Well, no, I'm lying. There's two things that I like about the show. One is that uh, Taco from Odd Future. He plays like an engineer at okay. the uh, at the studio that Dave works at. But it's like they're also he's also Dave's DJ. He he like looks at Dave like you're a fucking weirdo, but like that's one of his homies. You know what I'm saying? Um, and there's this other guy who's called Gata, who uh, he seems kind of like a, a weirdo music guy who's like very connected, but not really like doing a lot. And he's kind of latched on the Dave. And actually, Gate is probably one of the... I, I never really saw him in anything before. He's just, like, a very interesting character. I think he's done some things. There was, like, something about, like, an episode that was revealing he was bipolar or something like that. I don't know. I've, like I said, I've not dug into the show. It's already had, like, five or six episodes. But uh, it's no it's no Atlanta. It's, and and it's it's not something that can really hold my interest. You, you sound like me with the uh, Fleabag. Last year, <laughs> when I was like, I watched it, and y'all refused to watch that shit. <laughs> I'm gonna try. I'm, I'm still want to try watching Fleabag. It's just like so far down on the list yeah. of things. I, I really and I was just do. like, I was just surprised that I didn't hate it as much as I wanted to hate it. I'm like, you know what? I can't hate on this shit. Yeah, now, my my thing with Little Dicky is like he's like um what people thought like Asher Roth was. <laughs> is he the most? <laughs> I feel like people took Asher Roth a little bit more seriously. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, what people feared that Asher Roth was going to be, Lil uh, Dicky actually is. Yeah. Like, I feel like he's one of those, um, you know, white rappers that comes along that's clearly just trying to, like, you know. Hustle. Culture vulture. Yeah. His way into some clout. And that's why I believe he made a good comedy show, because that's what he really wanted to be doing this whole time. Well, I was yeah. going to say, he, he was he was already doing, he was doing, like, sketch stuff or, or some type of stuff before he started rapping, right? Right. Yeah, so it, it seems like... He made, he took the back door into getting a TV show, and now it's almost like, well, here's the TV show about how I got to yeah, here. Yeah, and I, I think his the rapping didn't really take off as maybe he thought it would. And he can he can rap. It's the thing, like he can rap. 
You know, even in the first yeah. episode. Yeah, he has technical ability. He's, he's, just corny. Yeah, it's, he's a super cornball. I'm, I'm tired of hearing people like, like the, come on. Remember the Freaky Friday song? No, like, I never listened to it. I don't listen to I, that. I, stuff. I, I didn't listen to the song that he got everybody involved for. That was like about the earth or whatever. But Freaky Friday <laughs> I didn't was see a fucking abomination. But it's like this, the same like teenage dick joke. It's like I can, well, it, you can rap really freaky, well. I don't need to hear you talking about you. Freaky your Friday is worse because the whole thing and he got Chris Brown to go along would it be you know i don't know yeah, him on like yeah. a, a coke binge and he didn't realize the whole thing is like an excuse for him to make like black jokes oh, yes. i like yeah. let's that get, he could let's, say like nigga let, or you know let's get let's get into it let's <laughs> so, get into it he's just he's he's one of those dudes it's just like not racist but like just uncomfortably like he's that white guy yeah, <laughs> I could see that. I'm not. I'm he not. Has the an uncomfortable fan. relationship with the culture. Jesus. And he's also just like super corny too. He's on um, like probably one of the better songs on on the the new Bieber album. He just completely ruins with like a super dorky sophomoric verse. They took him. They took Ski Mask off to put him on because of right. the wow. Braun connection. But there were people that were making like ridiculous edits of that Bieber song, right? Like right when <laughs> yeah. it came out. Yeah, they, I got the updated playlist I or whatever. One. I need but, one. Better hit the hit them streets, man. See what the <laughs> Russians got. Um, one of the FX shows that we are rocking with, though, it's seemingly anyway, is Devs. Mm. I'm I'm two episodes in. I haven't finished it. Yeah, yeah. Devs is super interesting. Uh, I had to watch the pilot twice. Oh, it's a, bro. The first time I watched the pilot, I was like just half asleep, and it came off like pretentious bullshit. The yes. dialogue, the dialogue is is very hard, yeah, to kind of get through. It's it's like uh, like Nicholas Winding, yeah, no, esque. Like yeah. they just like talking real monotone, all of them, everyone, yeah, and they just like they think about things for too long, like think <laughs> about responses for too long, but it's beautiful. It's beautifully mm. shot. Like the CGI is amazing. The story is crazy. Yeah. So like I'm into it. It's only six episodes, so I'm gonna I'm try to finish that this week. No, it's eight. It's eight. Oh, it's, it's eight. only six have come out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what yeah. made me. That's what made me go back and try it. The fact that it was like a mini series, and I knew it would have to like okay, okay. get to the point quickly. Yeah. So I'm I'm two episodes in. So I got six more to go. I hope it stays a mini series. Um, just do the yeah. damn thing. And I mean, keep well, it, it depends how it ends, but but I it definitely doesn't have that energy of like a a thing that needs to be stretched or more story to squeeze out of it. Also, like I fuck with dudes movies. Um, did you fuck with Alex Garland, Cal? Like uh, Magna, yeah, uh, yeah, Annihilation, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I fuck with Annihilation. The ending of, of Annihilation still makes no sense to me. Like I, I don't know what the point was, but uh, I did rock with that. I rock with that. A lot. Well, the bugged out shit is that the lead chicken devs, who to me is probably the weakest part of the show. Yeah, right? and we all agree. Yeah, um, she's kind of like his muse because she's the dancing robot. I saw that she at the end, right? And she's like the weirdo dancing thing in Annihilation. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Is that like his girl or something? His wife? I don't know. I'm, gonna, I'm meant to look into that. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, it's, it's hard. I feel like this might be one of her first like real leading roles, though, because she's fairly she seems like she's fairly new. I mean, I, I watched the two episodes that I was in. I was like, I like I think I could fuck with this. Like, I, for, I like weird, weird shit like that. I think it clicked more with me in the second episode. I just hope that like it all because I, I sat through like a season and a half of a uh, Legion. And that was a show oh, that was like kind of yeah. difficult to really get into for a lot of people. And after Season a while, one of that show is so good, but then it just it just falls on itself. You tap out. Well, I mean, it seems like yeah, it, it seems like that happens a lot. They have a great. That's why it, it it would make if you can't do more than like a dope first season, just make it a dope first season and and go on with it. Right. Well, actually, it's interesting. I didn't know this. Speaking of devs being eight episodes. I didn't know that this season of Westworld is eight episodes, which is two less than Westworld normally goes. Shit, they're already halfway through the season? Yeah, and I think that could have good benefits <laughs> on, on this being... I was going to say, that's a good thing, probably. Yeah, because yeah. so much of Westworld is about it's just spinning its wheels, doing dumb shit, and trying to play games with everybody. I think the fact that it's going to have to get to the point a little earlier is good, and that's what I liked about um, 
you guys didn't finish the episode, but last night's episode at least made things happen. I didn't finish. I didn't watch three. I'm so like (laughs) off of Westworld. (laughs) You've given up. I was all right. I was into the first episode. I'm like, yeah, you know, Aaron Paul. Yeah, me too. I don't know what like Lena and uh, uh, yeah, I don't know what Lena Marshawn are really trying to do. Um, The Cuddy thing was weird. But, you know, it, it was a cool – like, for, for a construct for what season three I thought it was going to be, I was like, yes, I'm on. I'm on with this. Aaron Paul had, like, the ratchet task rabbit app. Yeah. yeah. Like the, it, with the with – the, with the, I might need to go back and, and start from the beginning. I feel like I'm so out of it. S- episode two, we talked about it on the pod not too long ago. It's just like, all right, let's back go the bullshit. back to the same shit we've been doing for the first couple seasons. <laughs> totally. I don't yeah. care about the inner workings of this world within the world for this one character to then go meet this one old white guy who controls everything at the end. So, uh, yeah, I'm a, I have to get into it. It being eight episodes does make me feel better. I'm going to hold reservations till we get to the end of the season and see mm. how they wrap everything up. But if, if this ending doesn't hit, I think we have to really talk about a, a why Westworld sucks piece. I mean, say less. Just go yeah. all in. I, I I like when they're uh, in the city. I guess it's Los Angeles. It's like a mix of like Singapore, Los Angeles, and Spain or some shit. Yeah, I was reading somewhere. But um, I like when they're like in the real world as opposed to when they go back to Westworld because I feel like like we played it, that out enough already. You know, like all right. Well, I'm that's into, the thing. I'm into the new. I'm into, and I, I you know I don't know if I'm a fan of them being uh, like. There's a whole episode of them being at Westworld like. They should kind of like mix it up a little bit, but I'm yeah. into more so when they're in the city. Like I like uh, like Aaron Paul and I guess Lena and Marshawn. They're just like those Nefa- nefarious individuals. Yeah, they're just like whenever Aaron Paul does like a task rabbit job, like they're <laughs> his partners or some shit. It, the the shit is weird. I will say because I get hooked on stuff, and I'll see it through no matter what. Like. You know, going into, we'll be talking about it a little bit, but there's certain shows that you might not have really remembered. So you're like, you know, fuck it. I love the concept of a show. Let's talk about it and build. That was me with Westworld. I think I got on the Westworld a little late into the first season, but I was so intrigued by the story that I kept watching. Season two for me was already a chore. Shouts to Jinx. I want to get Jinx on the pod one day to talk movies and TV. Yo, I've been one. Jinx. Especially in quarantine, is just going through. A, yeah, you know, I feel like he's just like lighting up <laughs> he, and watching Mad TV. He, I, loves, I get, he loves fucking Westworld. I'm like, Westworld man, was like, made for him. Like, have you ever seen it? Like a Jinx 3 a.m. high tweet. Like, Westworld yeah. was made for him. Well, he said he was like, y'all crazy talk about season two was 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 whack. And I, I hit him. I was like, yo, it had good. It had, there were episodes of season two I really liked. It also had a lot of like underwhelming and disappointing things. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not whack. It's just like it's like it should be better than what it is. Exactly. You know and, I mean? and the the seeing it through is the only reason I'm still watching. I want to know how they're gonna figure out a way to end this because it I put already put so much time and invested so much energy into uh, following along with this craziness that uh, I need to get that satisfaction. But I feel like it's going to end and I'm just going to be like, huh? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One thing I want to talk about, uh, we did last week, we put up, um, it's been a while since we did a really big feature, and we put up a dope one last Wednesday that uh, week's worth of work went into in terms of like art and and getting the list together. The best directors right now. Big went out. Let's talk um, about it. I like the response. It feels like we got we got some pretty good uh, feedback on it. Yeah, I mean, it's always good when people can say 
because I've seen a, I've seen some people say, "Yo, you guys, you know, it was a solid collection." There were some that were like, "You know, what about this person? What about that person?" But I think for the most part, you know, it's it's been a good conversation. Right. So the thing about the list is that we we really hit the um, right now aspect. So mm-hmm. first of all, we kept it. Twenty isn't in the headline, I believe, but we capped it at twenty. Yeah. If, if you right? search it on Google, you'll probably see twenty. Anything after that starts to feel like you're handing out like participation trophies. Facts. Because there's some people that, the, that do things that you really like, but that yeah, doesn't yeah, necessarily yeah. mean they're one of the best doing the it right best now. out. And then what the stipulation was that you had to have made a movie in the last five years. Facts. And you have to have at least two movies to your name. Well, I had mentioned this to you, Frazier, because like I was, I was, uh, you guys had shared me on the list when you was working on it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I didn't want to be the only person to vote for Ari, the dude who made Hereditary and Miss Summer, mm-hmm. and uh, Roger Eberts. Eberts is that how you say his name? The Witch and uh, Robert Eggers. Eggers, yeah. sorry, The Witch and Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was a little disappointed that they didn't make the list, but it's like at the same time, like Frazier asked a good question too. Is like, who would you take off? Yes. And yes. the first name that came to mind. Uh oh. Here we go. Listen, the first name. Well, that- first, first, first. Let's 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 go back <laughs> and talk about the voting process because for this one, um, the channel is just me and Cal. So when we do a big lit, like wide ranging list like this, I always want to make sure it's not driven by just our opinions and perspectives. One hundred percent. So we invited um, editors like Angel and and you know Donnie and everyone who uh, have interest in this shit to take a look, and uh, as well as our pop culture writers that we go to most often. And uh, everyone dropped the names, and then everyone then voted for the names. And we, everyone who made the list is someone who had like the most votes. Yes, you know, basically. And that was the hard, but I think that was the hardest part because it's you can be in a situation where it's people who there's an obvious winner, but there's also people who make sense on the list. You know, right. you, you, even if you don't necessarily like the the movies of a particular director, <laughs> Angel smirking. Well, go on me. So what? So 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 what's the contention? What's no, the contention? It's no, it's no really contention because it was a really solid list. Like I was mm. just, he was he. Well, Frazier, you know how like I kind of uh, talk shit and troll or whatever, and Frazier yeah. was already expecting me to go left, but mm-hmm. it was more so just I was just surprised because those two guys are like you know next up and coming whatever. Yeah, to take who off. So it was like the only person that the only weak person that I saw on the list, honestly, was Spike Lee. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but because if we base it the past five years, because he had Black Klansman, and I, like I didn't really like like Black Klansman was cool. You didn't like what? I like cool. Black it was Klansman. it was good. It it's was not, good, but I don't think I, it I was like best movie good. You know what I mean? Like it I don't go back act- to rewatch. I will say I don't really really rewatch it a lot. Um, I don't. I, I might have watched it one more time after the screening. I went to to see it, um, but yeah. So it, then it's like if I only had one name, it's like I like I ain't really much to complain about. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if Black Klansman didn't exist, I don't think Spike Lee makes the list. But the thing is, making a recent movie and a good recent movie is the only thing you need to get you to qualify. After that, you still have like the legacy of your name. Nah, yeah, 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 and like it, she's got to have it. It's kind of the. Like, yeah. Oh, the TV show. I watched like the first season. I'm like, I, I didn't have no desire to watch the second. I'm good on that. That doesn't the sound movie, like a free show at all. The, the movie's a lot better. But I know the, oh, that's facts. That's actual facts. I know some people. Um, they they kind of there was that Travis Scott made that random tweet about Wes Anderson. <laughs> Super random. And Yo, people, Travis Scott, come on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why people were confused by that because it's like Wes Anderson makes the same movie over and over again. So it's like, why would uh, do you think Travis Scott? Travis Scott makes the same album over and over again? <laughs> <laughs> it's lit. <laughs> he uses the same ad libs over and over again. That's for sure. True indeed. I know they, Wes- they both make good movies though. They they, mo- they both make great content. Like. Wes Anderson makes the same movie over and over again, but they're good movies. Yeah. I think when you see someone as like ADD adult as Travis Scott, you can't really imagine him sitting down to watch Moonrise Kingdom is a thing that a lot of people got tripped up over. I mean, but I mean, for, for, you know, not trying to be funny, Wes Anderson is kind of, 
that vibe too with detail and things like that. So he mm-hmm. could probably just watch and be like, yo, I appreciate the fact that yeah. he, you know, with the color that. blocking and shit. Yeah, yeah. Like he he's really into the, those movies. That's why, like, it's not just like the content wise, like they all have a similar vibe to him there's those shots and you know highlighting and the text on the screen and all that shit like he's got a he's got a type he's got a he's got a particular way of doing things and he was in contention he was one, he was he, he was he got bumped there there were people he was he was he was like 22 i thought west made it no he almost he got did bumped. he almost did uh i want so some of the the names that came up um were uh a lot of people wanted taika waititi on there mm-hmm. um I fuck with him, but like he's got what Thor and Jojo Rabbit. He's yeah, cre- he's creative though with his shit. Very. Yeah, but it's nothing about Jojo Rabbit screen like great direction. No, like, I I like that more than I like Black Klansman. I mean, I like Black Klansman more than I like Jojo Rabbit. I mean, right. Uh, David Fincher came up a lot, but David Fincher actually does not make the cut. If we're just talking feature directors, Gone Girl was six years ago. Crazy. Yeah. He hasn't done a feature Mine, since. Mine, which is nuts. Mindhunter is his though. It is, but I mean he that directed, man we're splitting hairs yeah. talking about TV and shit. He directed yeah. a couple episodes on it, but I don't know. Um, Sam Mendes, I did see Sam Mendes' name come up a lot. Listen, Road to Perdition's on Netflix. Watch that. <laughs> I own Road to Perdition. That's a big classic. Yo, 1917 is less body. of a classic. 1917 yeah. is a good movie, though. I'm gonna cop that on Blu-ray. For real? Yeah. That's a hard that's a that's a tactile. Because I only cause I only watched it on a you know the download. So it's like I want, uh, I, want I didn't go see it in the IMAX. So it's like I, I need to yeah. see that, it, that that big that clear vision, big picture. You know what I mean? Like that seems like a good I I I threw that on in the background at work one day. It seemed like it was a really good movie to have on in the background like that. But you know what else with a person that did make it and hopefully <laughs> doesn't get screwed over by the Corona stuff. Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. Oh, I put Dirk Dunkirk on, on a big screen with like the sound muted. And you just see the, the, the explosions and shit. That shit looks amazing. Dun- Dunkirk is good. Yo, Dunkirk was good. Uh, I, I can't wait for tenant. You know we mean? might have to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dog. Don't even. That's gonna that. come out like next year, yo. It might. Don't even say. I that. mean, you know, it's it's one of those natural progression things. It's like every we thought it was bad. There's a little a little fact nugget that I, I threw up on the Instagram the other day. This podcast drops April eighth. It is Wednesday, April eighth. That was going to be the day that No Time to Die was going to be released. Oh my God! Don't remind me. That yeah, was. Come on. I, I don't think people liked that I threw that because it was. Yo. But it was a dope image. But I mean, this is that was the first movie where people were like, oh shit, Corona that really about to fuck it up. Still the Corona pushback that hurts the most. I'm like sorry. I know, um, Fast and Furious got pushed a whole year, which is crazy just to say. But <laughs> you know that those those movies are cool. I don't care about them that much. Yeah. I had tickets. To no time to die in my inbox. Right? <laughs> well, because like, like, I'm pissed off again. There, we we had content ideas like it. We there after South by, which also got deaded. That was going to be like the next big thing in terms of coverage because it was going to be so huge. Twenty fifth Bond film. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe dropping to November isn't a bad idea. Assuming again, assuming we're we're going to be out and hitting theaters in November. Um, yeah, well, that's the other thing. Back in in March or whatever, um, hearing that a movie for April got pushed to November seemed crazy. But now, like a couple weeks later, that seems like a little <laughs> optimistic, which is sad. But but you know what it is? Because let's say that movie was fire, April, but it, it drops in April. By the time like November, December, when people are really putting these Oscar season films mm-hmm. out. Shit like that, if it's not like a, a fucking A++ film, it might get forgotten. So realistically, it coming out in November, mm-hmm. if it's if it's dope, it could help people remember that, oh shit, maybe this should be considered for some type of awards. But, 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 but Skyfall, I feel like Skyfall might have been nominated, right? For like Best Picture or something, something like that? Probably. Before. Probably. Um, as, so there have been pushbacks coming through every day now. Uh, the one that hits... Um, probably second hardest right now is Candyman, I think, because that was another one that I was just super excited for. And it had like, I was debating people in the comments uh, over the weekend, actually. Like, I feel like it's easy to put a horror movie out in Halloween. Yes. But this one had like summer blockbuster energy. A hundred percent. If that makes sense. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I it was the one I was waiting for. 
I had a feeling it was going to get pushed back. It seems like everything is kind of just shifting another three months into the future. Um, so it didn't surprise me, but that would have, that would have been, if we were able, again, if we were able to be out hitting the theaters, I would have loved to have gotten a big ass thing of popcorn on like a Saturday night and watch the new Candyman in theaters during the summer. But I don't know. I definitely don't care that much about Marvel stuff. Uh, it's that shit. That's news just because of how much shit actually got pushed. Yeah. Well, it's like Black Widow getting postponed means that everything gets postponed, you know what I'm saying? That's what kind of sucks. It, it it took the it took the eternal spot in November and now it's just like everything is back. I mean, it's they have a there's a reason that all these things are done. They have their own system of, you know, building your universe, but it just sucks that you just have to wait that much longer. Yeah, I was uh, intrigued for Eternal, so that kind of sucks to, that it's pushed back to uh, 21. But otherwise, it, like I feel like it's weird because last year was such like a um, a natural endpoint for so many Marvel storylines. Yeah. Because they had Endgame, and the only thing that came after was the Spider-Man flick. So I just kind of feel like it's going to be work for them to get people to care again. Yeah. So, uh, is it? I don't know, man. I think... I don't. Mean, I mean, I don't think they're gonna hurt from the box office, but like, I don't. I'm definitely not like to me personally, at least. Marvel is not at the forefront right now. Like, oh no, yeah, I'm just not I, interested in any of their upcoming films like that. Crazy. Yeah, I feel that. Well, I think. Well, I guess part of that 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 makes sense because you figure the break after Infinity War to I believe it was Captain Marvel was a long time. That would have been what May April. Did it was it April or May? It was right around the spring. And then Captain Marvel didn't come out to the following February. You know what I'm saying? So, and even with, uh, this will be the longest break since, because Spider-Man was the last film that came out, right? Yeah. That would have been last summer. So it's damn near, you know, a, a year and three months. I think the biggest issue with the, the difference in time right now is that it, when you had Infinity War end, you knew something was going to happen. Thanos had killed half the world and you knew full well, they at least had to figure out a way to reverse it, which was going to be Endgame. So waiting for that made sense. Um, right now, we don't really know what the fuck phase four is going to be. We don't know what the big bad's going to be. We don't know what any of the internal, it's, these are just movies that are coming out. And a lot of it is new stories and new people. So it delaying it kind of, Get, I don't want to say it gives people like a a reason to not care because I think people have that anyway. But if you were somebody that was invested, you're kind of you know hanging on a string trying to figure out what exactly you're waiting for. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So an article came out today about AMC being in trouble uh, financially about uh, even if they could potentially bounce back post Corona. What do we think about the prospects of the the theatrical experience? Like personally, me, maybe I'm just being naive and an optimist. I don't think it's going to be hurt in the long run. I think like maybe if this goes on for longer, some of the smaller chains that we fuck with, like a, a Metrograph or a Nighthawk or maybe even an Alamo, unfortunately, might be in trouble. But like, yeah. I feel like people are going to be super hyped to go anywhere that's not their house once we have the all clear. So I don't think people are going to pivot to wanting to watch like everything on streaming. I don't think they're going to hurt as much as they think they are. Um, I think when it's so, I mean, all they need is a is a blockbuster to, to change exactly. everything. Yeah, I think when um we got asked to uh to provide some information in regards to a recent complex news video about coronavirus in Hollywood, that was one of the topics that came up was what's going to happen with the movie industry. You know, I, th I think I, I'm more concerned for the Nighthawks and, and and the Alamos just because they all smart. They might have multiple, especially Alamo. I know they have a lot of locations, but they're working in a different world than the blockbuster. Like, it's it's going to suck for AMC for a bit. It's probably going to suck for a bit even after quarantine goes up because there are going to be a lot of people who still don't want to mm -hmm. go outside this soon or they might pick right. and choose when they do it. Um, but I think in the long run and plus AMC is able to do things like video on demand service. Like if you already pay for stubs and you want to if your appetite is I want to watch the newest shit all the time, you could potentially just pay for it through them and still yeah. get the same experience. But I, I don't think it's going to be like 
theaters are going to be dead and now everything's just going to be an app. I don't, it's, I don't, I don't think know. it's going to be that crazy. People are a little strange, though. Like, I, through the Complex Pop Instagram, I posed this question over the weekend. Like, when we posted about the Marvel delays, a lot of people were um, in the comments asking for Marvel to just drop Black Widow hmm. on Disney+. Plus. Uh-huh. And I'm not even hyped for Black Widow, but to me, from the account, I was like, y'all would want to watch, uh, like, a Marvel blockbuster at home? Like, that's not... Yeah, but Black Widow isn't really... That yeah, so the Black Widow's a weird case, but like if it was like the Avengers, like oh, I definitely yeah. no, faced I with the choice it. of first watch I, yeah. my think, house or theater, and like I got like a nice TV in Sonos, but that's not gonna yeah. compare to IMAX. You know? But you yeah, still I like, see that IMAX, like that no time to die. I'm watching that on IMAX. Hell yeah, yeah. But I I think but the, you got to Disney's been really choosy <laughs> with what they're doing. Like they already dropped Onward early, Frozen dropped early on. Uh, digital as well and then they ended up but they still like do with the digital services and then they put them on disney plus like they're being disney's at least being strategic about what's getting early release and what's being postponed because they know full damn well at some point theaters are going to be back open and people are still going to go to the theaters to see a black widow you if you are into it the hype might not be as big as it could be but you're still going to want to go see that before other people do. So yeah. you're not missing out. I just, I've never been into renting stuff online. Like, you know, renting, renting something on iTunes. Yeah. Cause it's like, you gotta, like, if you fall asleep, you're fucked. Like you just wasted <laughs> your money. Cause it's only available, <laughs> right? It's only available for a certain amount of time. I think so it's then, like, it's like two days. I think it's, it's like, damn, hours. you gotta be like, locked in and shit. You, know what you, mean? you, you really got to schedule your life out, you know? <laughs> I can't even like. I feel like I don't even lock into movies as well as I could at the crib either. Like even I watched. I finally did the way back on Saturday. Like it's just not the same as like just watching that in the screening room or some shit like. That. Yeah, it's, it's, bo- bo- it's Mr. Bougie, Bougie, uh... Bougie bitrate. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Bougie bitrate over here. Yeah, I uh. need 1080p minimum. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not 4K, don't send it my way. I think the final note on uh, that was funny. The final note on the pushbacks that is interesting is they push Morbius back. You mentioned it earlier. They pushed that. They pushed it to March, <laughs> but but Sony kept as of right now. Venom is still set to come out in October. So either that movie's done, done, or they figure movies are going to be open at that point, and people are going to yeah. want to go see. That I mean, show. I'm I'm hoping, man. I'm hoping we uh, like I hope the summer doesn't. Like imagine having to stay in your house all summer. The fucking the your your AC bill is gonna be fucking through the roof. Facts. No, but I I don't want that. I, I can't handle <laughs> well, that at all. I was explaining this to a uh, to a civilian homie about the concept of like tentpole weekends and shit like that, and how the studios uh, prioritize weekends like that. But I think a thing like Venom, like the first Venom, made so much money. Yeah. I think whenever this lifts, and as you mentioned before too. It's not going to be like just a floodgate, right? Like people yeah. are going to still have some trepidation about going to, to settings like movie theaters and concerts and maybe even bars and shit like that. Word. So I think, um, you know, something like Fast and Furious, Universal wants that at a certain time. So to them, they would rather have it in 2021 than drop something like that in November. Thanks. But when you look at stuff like Venom or No Time to Die, like the, the theater industry definitely is going to need movies that will provide some kind of box office bump mm-hmm. to uh to re-stimulate this shit 100 percent. so i think that's because morbius is like is unproven like that's a, a real big gamble on them yeah so and, and i think it, it's it's better to at least hold the movies you know will bring it in as opposed to trying to pin your hopes for a decent year profit wise on films that are going to be untested yeah I mean, also, what it like? Someone made a really good joke about this uh, a couple weeks ago. But at a certain point, what are the fucking like award shows even going to look like? Yeah, no. It's, I like mean, after a certain point of eligibility, I, I guess. It, yeah, I think they were discussing. I imagine the Oscars are probably really going to have a whole conversation about that, and we'll find out because it's we'd only be so many months before uh, you know people talking about the Emmys. I think the Emmys are in September, no. Like you're gonna have to give uh, Guy Ritchie best director for the gentleman or something I like mean, that. Like, no. <laughs> the, the, gentleman, I mean, the gentleman was a good movie too, though. It's not don't front. Yeah, I really like the gentleman. No, 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 for sure. All right. Um, I mentioned again. I mentioned earlier that uh, No Time to Die would have been dropping 
on April 8th. Again, I'm sorry for, I started to reopen that wound, but another anniversary hits on April 8th. It's the 30th anniversary of the premiere of Twin Peaks. Now, I started in, in, as one of the non-work-related watches I've been doing, I dipped back in the Twin Peaks, not realizing it was going to be the 30th anniversary. It was because of conversation. Shouts out to uh, Damien. He mentioned reading the Bob Iger book. and meant, He said something about Twin Peaks. I was like, fuck it, I got it. I might as well dive into it. Um, How the hell had you not watched Twin Peaks before as the resident old at Complex? I, all right, I... I remember because I used to have the movie channel. A movie channel used to show like all the the cult classic films, Drugstore Cowboy, all Man. that shit. That was where I that's where I got my fix on a lot of that. When you when you had the when uh when the black box was in action, Facts. I know you had the Scrambler. <laughs> Big fan. I had, only, I had the only scr- way I had the, the the movie channel was because of that box that you could watch. The that's when the UFC was like popping. Yeah, and yeah, rocking them. You needed that the early, very early, like UFC four and shit like that. Um, so I remember when Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me hit the movie channel. I never watched all of it, but I'm like, yo, this shit is crazy as hell. But I never like it was it would have been ninety-two. I wasn't having the internet to be like, what the hell is Twin Peaks? Like I'd have to go get books. And so I never really dove into it over the years is one of those shows that I knew about and I understood the lore and everything about it, but I never sat down and went episode by episode and I'm kind of pissed. I didn't start binging it back when Riverdale came out. Cause that feels like it's like the prototypical show for your Riverdales and, and, and all these types mm. of programs. And it has the connection with match and Emmett. Well, yeah, I think it's, it's, it seems like a lot of shows again, just in, in the reading I've been doing a lot of shows have paid homage and something tells me that oh, when, for sure. when they when they came up with Riverdale, they were like, look, if, if she's available, she's one of the key characters in this cult classic show. Atlanta, should- the least of which, by the way, like as my, I love Atlanta to death, but there's nothing no. related to Twin Peaks. No, I, I guess I, unless you're just uh, using Twin Peaks as shorthand to say oh, weird. Well, what was you the, know? the ra- I guess the randomness and then like one that one scene that sticks out was kind of like a, a kind of ver- funny version of Twin Peaks was. When the when they left the strip club and the car, the, door. the yeah 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 yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. All right, so Cal, my question to you because Twin Peaks is one of those things that is so talked about that when you're a person that finally gets to it, um, there's typically almost no way it can live up. Yeah, to the to the peak of the hype. I, How are you enjoying it so far? I am enjoying it again. It's 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 got a it's offbeat enough where I'm just like, why is this lady carrying a log? Why is homegirl you know <laughs> hype about you know the the way her curtain runs? Yeah, like you know this shit. It's so it's so fun, and it's not just, like some shit now would be like that would be a funny conversation. This is this woman's arc is like oh shit, and then he dripped the shit on the on the cotton ball, so now the drapes are even you know you can't hear them shits move at all. It's like three or four episodes of this stuff intermixed with. You know, the what, like the story is already crazy. You can tell that there's something going. On. I don't. Know. I'm really enjoying it. I think it would have been a weird. I'm trying to think of what I would have been like if I was watching this in 1990. Nah, yeah, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say, bro. Like you, the show was ahead of its time. Like this shit dropped in '90 on ABC. Yeah. yeah, there's no way that that show was gonna survive. No, I like, don't. In you, that time period, you couldn't. You couldn't get this show made for ABC today. <laughs> yeah, right? But yeah, this, this is like, this is a, a premium cable. Like, this was The Sopranos before The Sopranos. Facts. But it's Facts. it's The Sopranos before The Sopranos with an 11-song soundtrack where you really just hear two of the you songs. Know, the soundtrack is crack. <laughs> it's, but the it's, theme music, Twin Peaks top five theme and TV history. When they, uh, I was reading about the theme song and they said that uh, when he heard, I guess it was... It was either the main intro or Laura's theme. I think it was Laura's theme song. And he was like, yeah, you just wrote the score for 75% of the show. It always hits, but it's so good. You're just like, fuck it. This must mean that something crazy is about to happen. I'm locked in. Like I have David Lynch is that dude. I had started binging a couple months ago, but then like, I got just stopped in the second season just because like the second season is fucking long, bro. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. So- yeah, so... I'm not going to spoil it for Cal, but the second season, um, and this is what Damien was talking about, and Bob Iger, who was uh, calling the shots back in the day for that, he 
it pretty much forced David Lynch to reveal the murder. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I know about like, that, yeah. Yeah, it's not like season one ends with um, with that revelation that moves on to something new. So he kind of wraps that up in like the first third of season two, I would say. Word. And it's really good, but then it leaves a whole lot of season with nothing left at the center. Word. <laughs> and uh, so I went through the show for the first time like maybe five years ago. Mm. And I really fucked with it. I really liked it. I think atmosphere and like and mood and and just like the vibe yeah is where it really excels and really doesn't feel dated at all um i mean the second season is like goofy but there's still some things that work i don't know but the thing i so i actually restarted it too from you bringing it up because yeah. i never did the showtime revival me neither that's the a other lot thing. of people say lived up yeah I, 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 my plan is to go through the tv show then watch the film for, like in a in a full now understanding what everything is and then diving right into the revival shit the re, which was what ten episodes something like that something I think yeah. I'm gonna do it and I think uh, Kyle McLaughlin was was tweeting about planning to um like tweet along with uh, the fans on on Wednesday yeah yeah I think that was like a I, if not the pilot then like their favorite episode, whatever they vote on. So yeah, I, if you're a big Twin, Weeks, Twin Peaks side, look out for that. He he tweeted it, and I think a lot of people were saying the third episode of season one, which is like the one that has the whole Fire Walk With Me poem. And like the, he has like that real crazy dream thing at the end that kind of sets him on the path of figuring out who the fuck killed Laura Palmer. Um, hopefully that's the episode. I saw a lot of people talking about it, but I guess we'll see whenever he tweets about it. On Wednesday, Comic Lachlan on Twitter. Outside of th- uh, go ahead, yeah. Like just to wrap up, what else is everybody else watching besides that? I know you watch your shit all the time, Angel. So I just been I, I what what I've been watching. I watched. I finished Ozark season three, right? Which is like no spoilers. No, it's a, you're, you've con- you've convinced me to actually give it a shot. Yeah, it's a diet Breaking Bad, but it's it's a good show. It's good, you know. It's decent. It's not the greatest show. I was, I was very shocked to see that Larry David fucks with Ozark. Oh, for real? Oh, look, yeah, no. he said that gonna, in his New York Times. You gonna watch it? You gonna watch it now? Yeah, yeah. I've been telling no, no, no. to watch I'll, it. I had watched Ozark and I didn't hate it, but it, to me, it's just like Breaking Bad light. Like oh, it's yeah. just it's people, cool. People have been it has some really stupid yeah. shit. People have been hyping or whatever, but I I finished. People are calling season three the best season of any Netflix show. I've seen that really? numerous times. Uh, no, I that sounds crazy. Nah, to me. It was good though. Season three was good. I I like. I'm more of a, a I'm a fan of Narcos a little bit more. Mm. Um, but Narcos is different. Narcos is based on a true story, so it's like a little different. Fact. But um, I I started to finish Money Heist. Oh. The, the fourth season is out. And but Money Heist is like in all Spanish, mm-hmm. um, and it's like you know that real Spanish that shit from fucking high school. You know what I mean like Spain Spanish? Okay. But um, it's pretty good too. Like there's a lot of good twists and shit. The action is good. It's about you know obviously a Money Heist, <laughs> but <laughs> they go about it in a creative way, and uh, it kind of like uh, like when you go to Puerto Rico, like people are obsessed with this show. They even got a documentary on Netflix about how people are obsessed with the show. That's crazy. So I want to finish it. I got to catch up. I only watched the first season, so after I have to watch the the next two. But that and a couple episodes of Devs. Like I just been kind of like touching little things here and there. Like I started rewatching fucking Curb. I'm on season three of that. <laughs> crazy. I started rewatching Seventy Show. Like just, just like <laughs> random. Damn, shit. you bored, bored, bro. Yeah, just random bored. shit, bro, and like. We're like, you know, watching old games and shit, watching like the Knicks and the Bulls and like the playoffs and shit. Like ninety six. That's that sports. That sports life is real right now, huh? What about what about you, Frazier? What you been getting into? Uh, nothing new and exciting yet. I mean, I think I'm having like a real tough time of like being motivated to dive into like a bunch of new shit at one time. I think it's more reassuring to rewatch old shit. So. I've been like using the, the time to rewatch some shit that I always wanted to go back to. I've been going through Mad Men, which holds up incredibly well. I have to rewatch Mad Men, so I only seen it that one, like that one rewatch. Mm. 
I gotta watch it again. I've never rewatched it at all. I watched it live, and now I'm going through oh, it, and um, that shit hit. I watch, I rewatched because uh, I had I had rewatched uh, Sopranos like. Oh my season. god! Here we <laughs> go. I'm not gonna spend too much time on it, but I'm saying I, I rewatched uh, season six, mm-hmm. and I was still it still didn't the ending didn't still didn't hit for me. I mean, damn. I was still kind of like damn. You were like, on crack. I was You're just I was just expecting. I was like, let me watch it from the beginning. Right, boom, and yo, the show, I, like, to me, that show's underappreciated, which is kind of crazy to say. But for what? me, no, there's a lot of me, people that still haven't even watched. Like, there's a, bro, there's people like, we work with who still need to finish the show. Because I try to, I try to be like, oh, the Wire is better. Like, no, the Sopranos is better than the Wire, though. You, like, I you, love you the Wire, that. but the Sopranos is so entertaining, bro. Like that, like the little bit of racism. The little, the, <laughs> the, it's a good amount of racism in there. Yeah, yeah. It's like stereotypical, but it's like I'm from Jersey, so it's like I I grew up around people like that. You know what I mean? Facts, so it's like yeah. I could relate to that shit. Um, so well, I just want to tell this to the people. Uh-oh. Me and Angel argue about the Soprano series finale. <laughs> At least every six months. It was a good, it's like, the 40, same conversation. 30 or 40 minutes of a conversation in a text the other day. I'm like, God damn, all right. I no, but, but I have brought it up because I had just finished watching it. You just it, finished you know it. Yeah. Okay, so, so did anything about it work for you on this rewatch? No, nah, I was. No, nah, I still. I, I wanted. I just. Nah, man. I just. Like, they should at least show who it was. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I get, <laughs> I get, I get the, you know, turning to black and all that. Like, I, I've, you know, I've caught those cues throughout the season. Yeah. But it was just like for you, for us not to know, because supposedly the beef was, was done. So it was like, who, like, who's disobeying this, the, uh, the peace order then? To, yeah. So often because they had squashed it already. Yeah, but I don't even think he died. Huh? I don't think he died. But you see, that's the thing. Like, I, I, why, why are we having this conversation after seven seasons? You feel me? Like, because the point just, of the ending I, is more so that I, life I, goes on. No, nah, I think he died because they, he, when he's talking to Bobby Bacalao, whatever. You, yeah, I, yeah, he, I remember. He was like, "Oh, they kept, they kept going back to that too in that season." So he, he's dead. It's just like. They should have shown who it was. It could have been any. The thing is, it could have been. If you I mean, it could have been. It could. I'm sorry to cut you off, but it could have been worse. It could have been the Game of Thrones. Like, <laughs> that's facts. Like it's but not I'm, the worst season finale ever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I think the fact that you know years later we can still have the conversation <laughs> kind of shows how strong, if anything, uh, you know what yeah. what they did was. You know, people are. St- I agree with super producer Taliba, who is who is messaging that it's not that literal. No. No. I, I think the ending works in a way more like artsy senses that whether he dies or he lives is not the question that he's never he's he always going to be in that paranoid mind state like he, he, he can can't live the same ever again any kind of outing like there's no victory oh, no, man. Yeah. I get, like I, I look you listen, get it I know I you get it I understand you, it I just get it. I just don't care but like it's, like I don't like <laughs> I, I must I spend seven years of my life to for this shit <laughs> Like, yo, and I watched this shit when it came out. Like, I watched every episode live, like, when it Yeah, started. that's longer than seven years. Then, well, that, well, all right, then. What I'm talking about at that time, <laughs> at that time, it was seven years of my life. Six, seven years of my life. Of my young, of my, I was like a fucking, uh, uh, a teenager. Like, <laughs> all my teenage years watching The Sopranos. And they got it. It ends on some galaxy brain. Oh, shit. Did he, <laughs> did he die? Did he not die? Like. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. It was cool. It was artsy or whatever, but, you know. Okay, but here's the a, here's a thing that our <laughs> argument always comes back to. Here we go. Which is that the show was always artsy. Like, it's not like they pulled some artsy yeah, bullshit out of their ass to begin with. I, I get it. And to me, I think that we're, like, him dying is, like, the most cliche. Like, we see that in every gangster mob movie elsewhere. I don't know. We the, the whole, That whole season... Basically, it's just a series of hits. And then we get to Tony, and we don't, you know what I mean? He don't, like, he deserved, to me, he's a piece of shit, and he deserved to die in front of his family. That That's it, he, the way he may I, have, You know, it could, it just, and I'll, I'll get into what I've been doing lately <laughs> in a second, but just yeah. wa- watching this. I don't want to spend this much time on no, this. No, 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 it's good, though, it's good, though. <laughs> we're going to do it. Because watch, I recently, because we were doing, you know, 
pull, pull the curtain back a little bit because we were doing the uh, the best producers list. We were, we have to come up with social assets, and I was rewatching some of the scenes from The Irishman. It could have been. Oh, you mean best directors? It could have been a scene like that where he literally just rolled up in him while they was at at the diner, pop pop, and dipped. It could, and I think that's the beauty of it. It could have been somebody violating the police, the peace order. It could have been someone like Tony B, who mm-hmm. felt that at some point Tony Soprano disrespected his cousin or somebody's girlfriend or something. Yeah. It, it, it just came in and popped them. Like you know, it, there's so many timelines and avenues and i think that that's part of the beauty with the sopranos though is we saw this happen a lot and we've seen stories where it happens a lot so uh, i just say one of who done it at the end of all that that's all <laughs> that's it that, that's that and like i said it's not the worst season finale you know what i mean it's actually yeah. one of the best i just say i wasn't into it like that because like you know again game of thrones that last you know, it's horrible. I like, like you could go I like, a lot worse. I like storytellers who don't always give you what you want. I think Donald Glover is a is a good new addition to that, where he doesn't always take the story where you're expecting or what the audience is trained to want. Where well, I I I do I like that as long as it's not like forced. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's one thing to be a person who makes art because again, I. WrestleMania was this weekend, so I follow a lot of that stuff, and they're really bad at saying, okay, well, if this is what our audience wants, we're not going to give it to them because we don't want to be the people that give them what they want. I think on the flip side, you've got a Donald Glover who, this is this may be what you want Darius or everybody to do on the show, but we're not going to give you that because that's not the story we're trying to tell. That's not the world we're trying to, to build, which I think are two different things, and I think uh, Donald Glover is good at saying chill i know you want this but i'm going to give you this because it's going to be you know a much better experience for you at the end of the day um i in terms of what i've been watching it's funny that you mentioned the sopranos cuz i've been on and off watching goodfellas mm. and i every time Classic. i watch it i watch it like 20 i was watching it before we started before we started talking today and it's just like little 20 minute spurts it's like damn this movie it's held. It, it's got it. It's thirty years for that movie too, but it's held the test of time. I think in terms of oh, a, yeah. in terms of a Scorsese flick, in terms of a mob flick, and it's funny to see like the other day was the first time I'd realized that uh, Henry Hill's wife's mom is Carmela Soprano's mom in The Sopranos. Oh shit. I didn't realize wow. that until li- I was doing my laundry yesterday. I'm like, yo, I remember that voice, and she's the one that would be yelling at Carmelo, Carmelo when, uh, you know, Tony's swinging the sausages at the party <laughs> and shit like that. Just like, well, yeah. there's a whole a whole fun shared universe with that because obviously, like, Phil Leotardo is the Shine Box guy. And, oh like, yeah, yes, right, yes, like yes. That. yes. I just, that, I just, yeah, just watch him get I'm glad we up. had this. I'm glad we had the Sopranos out officially on the pod yeah it had to be had i think they're starting up i mean i'm not giving away all the all the shit but i think bobby bacala and chrissy are starting a podcast as well oh uh, yeah i think it started already i'm not sure but yeah. i've seen it i've seen yeah, like that uh people talking about it yeah i think they're doing they're, it sounds like they're doing their own commentary or they're gonna be talking about each episode every episode i don't know so if, if for those of you who i know who you are who haven't finished the sopranos that might be a way to get some inside in, info is it a maya are we talking about Amaya? Did Amaya Amaya hasn't finished The Wire? He may have finished The, the Sopranos. Amaya's been stuck on season three of The Wire for a year and um, a half. Amaya's the type he definitely finished The Sopranos. Like <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's like his shit right there. He couldn't put NYC and a in bunch his, of forums. Yo, like, speak, <laughs> like yeah, you brought Goodfellas up in The Sopranos. Like yo, I have mentioned to Frazier, like the crime drama's back hot in full force, bro. Like Snowfall, oh. 000, Ozark. Like narcos, like that's my favorite. Damn, yeah, I watch, I could, I could watch crime dramas like all day. That might be a piece right there. That might be a piece. There's, there's something they there. were gone for a while. That was one of the first things that I wrote about for complex pop culture. I remember, um, Borwalk Empire was ending, and I wrote a piece about how the kind of anti hero crime drama was officially dying, like that genre it's, died off for a little while. Yeah, it's back now. I have to rewatch Borwalk Empire. Yeah, but yo, well, what what else you been watching? Well, oh my bad, go ahead, Frazier. 
Well, no, I was going to say, I don't want to spend too much longer on The Sopranos, but since we brought up Boardwalk 2 and we were talking about Mad Men, what's really cool to me is how like that show kind of created like a family tree. Word. Like, I don't know if people know this, but um, Matthew Weiner, who created Mad Men, actually got his job writing for The Sopranos with the Mad Men pilot. Oh, like, he showed oh that's crazy. Chase. And he was like, all right, you got a job. And and you could see like the DNA of The Sopranos and a show like Mad Men, especially oh. like Boric Empire was, was cool and definitely underrated. But Mad Men. I was going to I was uh, going to text you the other day. That's funny that you said that uh, fucking Donald Dra- Don Draper is the fucking the suburban Tony Soprano. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, basically. We've talked a lot about what we're watching think it's time to uh to wrap things up this week i uh angel thank you for coming through thank you oh one word of advice that i, I made a mistake i just binge stuff too fast like <laughs> i need to like be more patient so i, I could like i watch hunters i watch zero 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 like i <laughs> I, I, I ran, through through, ran through all that shit like a weekend i need to like give yourself some time because that's all you have right now facts <laughs> Man, look at that look at that jewels from from angel diaz i respect it take your time watch like an episode or two a day you know what I mean like pace yourself the fuck facts um if you want to if you are done watching movies and want to listen to a fire podcast watch less is on apple Podcasts. wherever you guys get your podcast um we're always talking at complex pop on twitter and instagram if you want to get on the conversation again, don't be on that bullshit. We really trying to have some, uh, some conversations here, uh, working on some things for the pod. Keep it locked to us for Fraser Tharp. I am Cal advising it always to tune in and watch less. Peace. Peace. Our producer is Taliba Newman. Our sound engineer is Craig Clayton. Mixing done by Jasmine Plata. Watch Less is a production of the Complex Podcast Network. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.